everyone. Welcome to the Engage and Equip podcast. This is a resource designed to help form substantive disciples for the local church. I'm Ashlyn Phelps, the communications coordinator at High Point Church. As we revealed last week, this episode is on women's mentoring. We're going to focus on the impact of the mentoring relationship rather than the mentoring ministry, and we have several people to speak on this topic today. Jill Reese and Nicole Kyle are on staff at High Point, and they'll be talking with Lexi Gibson and Hilary Flesh, both of whom are involved with High Point's women's ministry. As always, if you've got a question about what you heard, send us an email at podcast at highpointchurch.org. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. My name is Jill. I'm here with uh, Lexi Gibson and Hillary Flesh and Nicole Kyle. And throughout the summer, um, we've been going through the book of 1 Thessalonians in our Sunday services and talking about what it means to be imitators and examples of Christ in relationship with other people. And so as a part of that, we want to talk more about mentoring relationships, which are a primary and practical way to be imitators and examples. Uh, the men recorded the men. Um, all Nick, of them. Tim, Lloyd, <laughs> all of the men um, recorded an episode on this that was released last week. So if you're jumping in now and you're a man, then you can listen to that episode. You are welcome to join us for this one as well. But there is one specifically for you. Um, so I'm going to we're going to go around and just talk about um, why mentoring is important to each of us. And um, yeah, and then we'll jump in. So Lexi, could you start? What, how has mentoring been impactful and played a role in your life? Well, I became a Christian when I was 18 in my freshman year of college and really had to completely redo my understanding of what was important in life. And so I just kind of naturally gravitated toward the um, adult female leaders in our um, our Christian group on campus and then our pastor's wife at church. And I can kind of continue to do that naturally. I just sought out women who um, I liked being with. And I just learned from them and talked to them and asked them questions. And um, they prayed for me. And so it was something that kind of happened naturally for me. And then as I kind of got out of the 20s into the 30s, um, I, I saw women who were young in their faith or who wanted to grow in their faith. And um, then they were seeking me out. So the tables were turned. And so I responded to that. It seems like something, I mean, I know it's it's definitely a, a biblical model, but it really just manifests itself beautifully in my life in both directions. And so it's just, it's in me now and it'll be in me forever, I think. Mm -hmm. Hillary, do you want to talk about mentoring in your life? Yeah. So I became a Christian in high school as well. And I think one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about mentoring is just the way that I've seen the Lord use it in my own life. Um, I was mentored by a woman named Karen um, in high school, and she would just invite me over to her house, and we would go for walks together, read the Bible together. I remember her teaching me how to pray for an extended period of time one night, and just a very vivid memory of learning to pray in a new way and to listen for the Lord's voice. We would work on like sewing projects together, mm -hmm. um, and she really helped me establish my relationship with the Lord when I was in high school. Um, in college, I was involved with a campus ministry that really emphasizes discipleship. Um, 
And I just really enjoyed meeting with younger women um, and having a mentor throughout that time. And I went on to intern with that campus um, ministry and really, really enjoyed meeting with a handful of young women on a weekly basis and digging into the word. Um, And when I was an intern, I just made a decision that discipleship, mentoring, whatever you want to call it, would always be a part of my life. No matter the season, I just mm-hmm. wanted it to always be a part of my life in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Nicole, how about you? Yeah. Um, similar to you, Hillary, we had kind of parallel experiences. When I got to college, that was the first time that I had ever had somebody invest time personally and one-on-one in my life, specifically as a Christian. And um, I remember the first time that she asked me if I wanted to hang out, which this was not like explicit mentoring, but she was a junior. I was a freshman and she's like, Hey, do you want to like bring your homework over to my house and like watch a movie and work on homework? And I thought, Oh my goodness, this cool junior wants to spend time with me and I can get out of the dorms. And I just was like in awe that she would want to spend time with me. And, um, and that was that even that one moment of just sharing life with with another person started showing me what mentoring looked like and um and that specifically that relationship with her like she's still somebody that i think of as i i can see the things that she taught me about walking with jesus just w- observing her and her relationships with her friends and the way that she handled conflict and the way that she dated her boyfriend and how they talked about marriage and like those sorts of things really shaped me and um and i similar to you, Hillary, I inter- or joined staff with that campus ministry and got to be a part of mentoring younger women and just mm-hmm. was really impacted by seeing how this is how Jesus did his ministry. He spent time with people and this is how he, like how they grew in their relationship with him and how they grew to be like him. And um, I just was so compelled by that. And so, yeah, just felt like this is the this is part of what it means to be a, a disciple of Jesus and to fo- a follower mm-hmm. of Jesus is to invest in the lives of other people and to have someone investing in your life as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nicole, you used the term sharing life, and for me, that was how mentors have really shaped me. Is um, in high school specifically, there was a couple that invited me into their home every week, and they both mentored me in various ways. But um, the sharing of life with them was really important to me in my faith Mm -hmm. and in knowing what Christ looked like. And they modeled a family for me. They, um, they gave me advice when I didn't, when I had so many questions and they like shaped me in really huge ways. I didn't realize at the time, it just kind of felt like eating pizza at their house (laughs) and talking, but, (laughs) um, but that's what it was. It was mentoring and they were, they were, um, I was able to imitate them in very significant ways. And so it's been super important to me. I've also been involved with the Navigators and have just had that life-on-life discipleship model ingrained into me, and I think it's really important. Um, Before we dive into more questions, uh, we do want to clarify that we have a mentoring ministry, and each of these women, including myself, are involved in that mentoring ministry in various ways. But um, like we just talked about, we want to 
emphasize and talk about the about mentoring women just as a part of life, as a lifestyle, and and just talk about mentoring in general. So that's what the focus of uh, this podcast will be. So let's talk more about what we mean by the term mentoring, because um, even in our descriptions of how mentoring has been important to us, we use the term discipling as well. So um, let's talk about the difference or the similarities between those things. Does so I'll else? jump in here. Um, maybe you're really going to call on me. I don't know. but I was going to if you didn't jump in. <laughs> oh, so. I beat Nicole. Ha-ha. No, no, I was going to call on you. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I figured you would jump in, so I, I paused. But I'm glad. It is really – I think it's a useful distinction because um, – you know, crew uses the term disciple, discipler, mm-hmm. and they're fruitful ministry and really do a, an excellent job in raising people up in the Lord. Um, and so to distinguish a spiritual mentor from a discipler, mm-hmm. I think it's important to define mentor. And I, I would define a mentor um, and, and then add spiritual mentor in front of that is s- someone who offers spiritual guidance, emotional support shared life experiences as well as experiences walking with God, um, a spiritual role model and a, and a role model in the roles she's in life. Um, she will, a, a spiritual mentor would identify strengths and growth areas in her mentee. Um, where, and I, I think of biblical models for this and I think of Moses and Joshua um, mm-hmm. I think of Paul and Timothy. I think of Elijah and Elisha. You know, there's a lot of those kind of, you know, more experienced walking with and guiding and supporting and modeling uh, examples in the Bible. We also see Titus 2. And I think this gets into more of the discipling, but not necessarily. So disciple means to uh, is a learner. And so if you're a learner, then you're poised to learn about Jesus in any circumstance. It doesn't just have to be the Bible sitting and reading or um, having a discussion or, but you are in a posture of a learner. And that means that there is someone teaching you. Mm-hmm. And so um, I wouldn't, I would put the, a mentor in a disciple role but I wouldn't say the mentor has to always disciple yeah. um, in the sense that she is giving um, strict spiritual instruction about Jesus and living your life for him. It doesn't always have mm-hmm. to be directly about that. That's going to happen. I think yeah. inevitably whatever is in us is going to come out naturally. So that's how I would distinguish a, a spiritual mentor, someone who, who guides and supports and role models and, and encourages and a discipler is someone who teaches someone who wants to learn about Jesus. Yeah. I have a, this may be a helpful like example of distinct or distinction. Um, 
when I was, I think this was when I was a student, and this is something, I, Hillary, you probably can relate to this when you were working with NAVS and when I was working with Crew. Like, I would come to my discipleship appointments having specific things that I wanted to teach these young, new Christians. Like, let's talk about mm-hmm. the assurance of salvation, or let's talk about prayer, or let's talk about how to share your faith with somebody. But then I would say to them as well, like, if, but if something is going on in your life that we need to talk about, let's be ready to pivot and let's be ready ready to change gears here. And so there was often not like a specific thing that I was teaching them. They would come and they would say, I'm going through this really hard thing with my roommate. Can we talk about it? And that, then it changed the tone of what that meeting was. And then I think to add on to that too, Lexi, one of the things I feel like I've learned a lot about spiritual mentoring from you is that It's often not really giving the answer to a person, but it's helping Mm -hmm. them discover what God is doing in their life, helping them learn how to listen to the Holy Spirit and see the way that he is guiding them in a particular situation. I think one time we talked about like you're helping someone like on an archaeological site and they're doing all the digging and you're just Mm -hmm. like trying to help them know how to dig, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So that... That's been helpful for me to think of those in kind of slightly different categories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. So why is mentoring in general important? And, um, And you could talk about mentoring specifically for women too, or just mentoring in general. But what's the importance of it? Who are you asking? Who? Yeah. Oh. Hillary, you um, want to take a shot? <laughs> um, well, I think you about are- why mentoring is important biblically. It's the model that Jesus used to reach the world. Um, he poured his life into these 12 guys. One of them was lame, but these 11 guys. <laughs> uh, right? Sometimes there's a lame one. It's yeah. true. <laughs> Um, and that is the model that he chose. I mean, he did speak to the crowds, um, but he poured his life into a small number of people. And so that's why I always go back to it. Um, and I think also it's really helpful to know, like as a, I'm a young wife and a young mom, it's helpful to know where I'm going. Um, like what Mm -hmm. does following Jesus look like when I'm 50 and when Mm -hmm. I'm, um, what can it look like? And, I've loved having mentors in various stages of life and there it inspires me to like, okay, that's what it can look like if I mm-hmm. um, in the word and keep growing and it's, it's encouraging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the most inspiring thing and the thing that, that kind of quells, quelled my fears early on and feeling like I wasn't ready to mentor or I, wasn't I needed to mentor myself or I still had so many things I needed to work through before I helped somebody else. Um, those are all, all certain things that I faced in my thirties when God seemed to be calling me to mentor women. And the, I think one of the strongest thing is that we are called scripture is really clear. We are called to tell the next generation mm-hmm. all about all the things. Yeah. And, um, I mean, that, that is something that we all carry as followers of Jesus. It's not just 
the old people or the super spiritual people or the pastors or the, you know, only the, the ones who have the gift of teaching. It's all of us. Um, Psalm 145 says we're to tell all the generations right. um, or sorry, to tell the next generation. And it says that, it, uh, so that, that is something that if you feel inadequate, that's, you know, okay, sure. You can feel inadequate, but still do it because mm-hmm. it's something that God has, has put into the fabric of our very existence and following him to tell the next generation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think related to that, one of the things that I have found f- for me specifically as I've worked with women and having been a woman <laughs> and being mm-hmm. a woman is that like I, conflict with other women that I've experienced a lot can, can happen when you're in, when you're constantly surrounded by people who are in the same phase of life as you. It's easy Mm. to to try and compare yourself with other women. It's easy to look and see, like, why am I not experiencing what they're experiencing, whether that's from a level of spirituality or if it's, like, a tangible thing that you want in your life. For me, like, I've been very candid about this, that it's, why don't I get to have more children when my friends do? Like, a lot of these things that can come up inside us that can pit us against other women. And mentoring for me has been one of the most helpful ways to give perspective. Hillary, kind of like when you were saying, what does it look like to follow Jesus when I'm 50 and when I'm 80? And then Lexi, when you're saying like telling the next generations, this has been one area of mentoring or one area in which mentoring has been really crucial. Like when I talk to women who are out of the phase of trying to grow their family and who aren't in the thick of it anymore, but who remember what it was like, but have the perspective. Those are the women who can say like, I know this is hard right now, but in 15 years, this isn't going to matter the way you think it does right now. What's going to matter is, are you still continuing to pursue God? Are you still trying to fight for joy? Are you being a good friend? You know, fill in the blank of of these different things. And that perspective that someone has having gone through something like this, but being out of that phase is so helpful. And that's something that you can't, you, you, you get in a much more helpful and different way when you're talking to someone who's not in that same phase of life as you anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As we've been talking, we've, we've been talking about both being mentored ourselves and mentoring. And um, I think both are really important. And so um, like in being mentored, there is that humility and teachability of asking for help and being willing to listen to advice and to observe and be wrong or have someone say something that's hard to hear or to even uncover something yourself that's hard to uncover um, and to show up and be accountable to someone. Um, but then in mentoring, there's an importance of and this this sometimes feels like I think we have this humility complex. I don't know if this is just a thing with women, but um, people can feel like if I can say that I am able to mentor, that feels really could feel prideful. But um, there is spiritual importance of carrying someone else's burden and saying and stepping up and saying, I know that I can like carry this weight and I can influence someone else for the Lord. And that's not. Um, that doesn't have to be like a lack of humility or that doesn't have to be prideful. That can actually be very um, humble and spiritually important to be able, because we otherwise no one else doing it. Right. So um, Mm -hmm. I think that practice of being confident in what the Lord has 
given us in experience and in um, just study of the word and in prayer, being confident in those gifts of the spirit is really important in, as we're mentoring too. Yeah, I think for me, it's definitely like I mentor and I disciple as an act of obedience. Mm-hmm. When I was in, when I was on um, edge core with the navigators, like I was very, like I had my curriculum I knew the answers. I knew exactly the right way. I'm doing air quotes to disciple. Like, <laughs> and as I've gone through my 20s, like I've never felt less qualified to disciple than I do today. Mm-hmm. Like, I have, but it's it's just I'm learning to rely more and more mm-hmm. on the Holy Spirit, and that's scary, and less on my perfect curriculum or my perfect way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think so much of it is about obedience and not so much about how we feel about it. Mm-hmm. Hillary, yeah. I just, this has really nothing to do with this podcast, but um, <laughs> I'm just so glad you're in my life because you, you exemplify obedience very well. <laughs> like there are a lot of things that I feel like you say that as an answer, which I think is a good honorable thing. Be like, listen, I am doing this out of obedience right now. Yeah. I'm staying the mother to my children right now out of obedience. <laughs> yep. Well, sometimes that's all you have to go on, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So maybe off of that, how, if someone is listening to this and feeling intimidated still about mentoring um, or aren't mentoring for any number of reasons, uh, what would you say to them? And yeah, how would you speak to them right now in that, in that mindset? Someone who who isn't mentoring, you said? Oh, I said intimidated? What did but you say? Intimidated by being a mentor? Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I, can, I didn't hear what you said when you said mentoring. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I would say when you have clear expectations with the person you're mentoring, it takes a lot less time than you are expecting mm. it to take. Um, I know time is a big thing for a lot of people. Like I don't have the time. Um, every, I mean, everyone's busy, right? Like no matter who you are, mm-hmm. everyone feels they're busy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, essentially if you eat dinner, you probably have time to be a mentor. <laughs> that person that you, because you can invite someone to dinner. Yes. You can invite yeah. somebody to dinner. Yeah. Um, not, not you should stop eating dinner. Or skip a meal. You can no. do it at the same time. <laughs> with them. Exactly. Do it with them. That's so important. It's not something extra you have to add. Just do the things mm-hmm. you're already doing with them. Drive yeah, to right. your kids with them. Mm-hmm. You know, go on your walk with them. Do your workout with them. Um, mm-hmm. I've brought women with me grocery shopping because I'm like, well, yeah. I have to do this. And this is the time I can give you this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And I think there's a, there's a give and take in sharing life in that way too. Um, I know for many of us, we have, well, we all have children on this podcast, but some of of us have young kids. And so even like childcare, like we give them time, they give us childcare. It's, Uh it's very, it's just, it's a great relationship. (laughs) I think there is, um, uh, Another so for for women maybe who have an empty nest or mm-hmm. um, women who have um, 
you know, aren't married and um, don't have children for whichever reason um, that we are called to spiritually mother one another as well. Mm, And, um, and that's a really, that's a really beautiful calling that even if there isn't a biological child or children that God Mm -hmm. has given us the opportunity to have spiritual children and to be spiritual mothers. So, you know, what would you do then as a mother, you know, to, to spiritually care for your children? And it does. I mean, it looks like, what does a godly woman look like? What does it mean to be feminine? How, you know, invite you over to do pedicures together or, you know, bake cookies or, you know, share life with one another, pray for each other, mm-hmm. minister to one another um, and and assume that that tender role of, mm-hmm. of mothering and, and lots of natural mentoring happens um, mm-hmm. simply by stepping into that very natural role um, that we have mm-hmm. as women. Now we all mother differently, you know, we're all, you know, I think of like as a mother hen gathers her chicks under her wings to protect them and keep them warm. I mean, there is a meth, there is like a little bit of protection, you know, and like, but I'm more of like the, the angry tiger protector (laughs) my children, you know, but I, I mean, I'm like that too with the women who I end up caring for in a mentoring capacity. I get very protective and um, in prayer and in real life. (laughs) So there's instinctual things God has given us as women. And, and I think the most important thing is to be yourself in it Mm -hmm. all and to not, not try to imitate how another mentor mentors Mm-hmm. But to just be yourself and mm-hmm. let what you've what you've learned and who you are as a human being um, mm-hmm. come out most naturally. And God is mm-hmm. so faithful to fill in everything else. Um, mm-hmm. Wherever you mm-hmm. feel like you're inadequate, He will more than provide. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where faith and trust comes in. Um, and that takes practice and continual submission and and surrender to him in that because it's easy for us to want to like just grab control and be like you know this is what we're doing and this is how it's going and I see progress and um you know failed quote-unquote failed mentoring relationships are not failures you will Mm -hmm. always learn something about Mm -hmm. yourself and the one who was mentored um will learn something about herself she Mm -hmm. may not get it right then but um there is no failed mentoring relationships. They are all worth doing. Mm-hmm. I think what you mentioned, Lexi, about mothering and then also just what you're just speaking about is so important because God works in these ways that we aren't going to see. And he um, uses the family of the church to redeem people's lives in ways they might not realize until later. Like earlier in this podcast, I spoke about that couple who mentored me in high school. And at the time, it did feel like just hanging out at their house. And then it's even now that I'm realizing, wow, they filled in this um, hole for me that I did like they, they filled this gap for me and God used them to redeem a part of my story. And um, that really shaped me. And so, yeah, I think what you said, Lexi is really important about rede- a redemption in time. Um, and it's the timing isn't going to we're not always going to see what God is doing in someone's life, um, but there is redemption in it. And if you are spending time with someone and loving them in those ways, it's going to, God is going to use it in some way. 
Yeah. yeah. Um, so what are some other keys to successful mentoring relationships? What, what are things that make them thrive and grow? Hillary, do you want to start? Yeah, I think um, things that make them thrive. Alexia, I think you um, told, I don't remember, I think you said this to me one time. Just when you meet with the person you're mentoring, just be thinking like, where do you see God already moving in their life? Yeah. Where do you see the Holy Spirit already working in their life? And then talk about that and pray about that. And um, that's a good springboard. I think in um, just in setting yourself up for success with the woman that you're mentoring, it's helpful if you make expectations really clear from the beginning. Um, like, does she know what mentoring is? Do, do you articulate how often you can meet the level? Just clear expectations. Clear communication is really important for success. Mm-hmm. Um, praying for the person you're mentoring. Um, relying on the Holy Spirit yourself. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like having a very robust and thriving relationship with Jesus yourself is obviously a prerequisite to pouring into somebody else. Um, yeah. What else? What am I missing? Um, I've learned this from, I, I think you all do this in various ways, but there's been times where I've talked with, um, I, well, I'm thinking of a, an example with you, Nicole, where I, t- I was talking with you about something and you said, I don't know how to fix that, but let's just pray about it right now. Um, <laughs> And so, Hillary, when you're talking about prayer, I think um, praying for them consistently on your own, but also being willing to admit, like, I don't know what to do about that. Let's talk to the Lord together and go to prayer together mm-hmm. over a situation. I think that also emphasizes the role of the Holy Spirit and that that's who's really transforming this person and not us. Um, and so you're both going to him on behalf of the person you're mentoring mm-hmm. in prayer. I think this, this next thing, this, this is the key, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, assuming the mentor's on board is the mentee initiates where mm-hmm. she wants to grow and she is active in communicating that to her mentor. Mm-hmm. If the mentor has to, dig around and pull in information and, and hunt her down to meet up and, you know, it rearrange her own right. schedule in order to make it work. I mean, that's a disaster. That's not going to work. The relationship is mentee driven. It, she is asked for this. She mm-hmm. has, has requested someone to come alongside her. Mm-hmm. Um, now it may have happened organically. And so it's a little more difficult maybe to say who asked for what, but in general, if someone wants to be mentored, she is, it's because she feels like she is ready for that, that kind of relationship. So she's got to be willing and she's got to be the driver. Otherwise it, it's not going to be a success. It's, it's just going to mm-hmm. fizzle. Mm-hmm. I think that shows teachability as well. And like a humble spirit in the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something that I think is a skill that probably most people just in general um, could grow in is learning how to ask good questions and then just kind of shut up. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I can remember being in a training one time about 
um, I think this was specifically about evangelism, but the, we had, we were paired up with another partner and there was a timer and I don't know, it was either three minutes or five minutes. And one person was only allowed to ask questions and then the other person would answer them. And then when they were done talking, you could only ask another question and it was kind of a challenge and mm-hmm. you couldn't, you couldn't answer like if they asked a question, you couldn't answer with what you thought. Like you had to learn how to respond with other questions. And I think this gets back to um, what I was saying before, Lexi, that I feel like I've learned a lot from you is like helping the other person uncover these things that God is doing in their life and the things that God is teaching them in the way the Holy Spirit is moving because you don't want them to be reliant on you to to be the only way they can figure out what God is doing. You right. want them to be able to start to discern that themselves as well. And so I, I've, I found that learning how to ask good questions and listen well can be really helpful for a conversation with a mentee. Mm-hmm. I have a dovetail for that yeah. kind of, yeah. and it's, it's a good, I think it's a good way to, to evaluate whether or not the questions we're asking are more for our own benefit to lead her to the answer mm-hmm. we want her to get to versus what God <laughs> has good. for her. Um, there's this this fun um, like marriage m- marriage technique for couples to or, or engaged couples or people who think they might want to get married, and um, it's I think it's called love mapping or something. It's kind of a weird cheesy name, but the the idea is that you ask a question and then you answer the you ask a question to the other person and then um, you're thinking about how you think they are going to answer the question versus how you would answer it yourself. Mm -hmm. So to translate that into mentoring, you ask a question like, where do you see God in this relationship that you have with this guy you just met? Um, You know, I, and, and you think, well, how, how would the Lord answer this question? Like how, where is God's mind in this? Where is God's heart in this? And then for her, you know, waiting for her to, to see what God would think, right? Because that's the point is to, where is God in this? What what does God want out of this relationship that I'm having now with this guy that I'm not sure I, you know, or what does God want in my work situation right now? Where is he being glorified? Where is he being honored or not? Um, so to avoid the agenda type mentoring where you're like, Oh, I can totally tell her how to fix this. If I just ask her these questions and I'll help yeah. her get to the, you know, that's not okay. No, that's, that's easy to do. And I've done it many times, but I don't think that, that ultimately it helps the one you're with to, um, to grow in discernment in the Holy Spirit's voice mm-hmm. and to learn um, how, how to wrestle through those life questions Um so that's, yeah. Anyway, I, just wanted, I thought that might be a helpful thing yeah. to say. That's a good, that's a good distinction because um, we're talking about being imitators and in this First Thessalonians series. But then that's true of like imitating Christ, but that doesn't mean imitating you and like becoming like exactly like the person you're being mentored by. It, yeah. it means becoming more like yourself and who God has created you to be in Christ. And so that's how you become more like Christ. And I think especially for women, and Nicole, you had mentioned um, comparison a little bit too before, but that's really important for everyone. But for women, especially when we want to 
we so easily compare our lives to one another Mm -hmm. um, to recognize that you're becoming something new and something that's only like yourself. And it's going to look like Christ too. But um, yeah, that's just, that's something to hold intention in the mentoring relationship because we are also imitating someone, but it's not imitating all their idiosyncrasies (laughs) that they have. It's Mm -hmm. figuring out what it looks like to be you as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, all right. So we talked a little bit about some ways that mentoring works well. And we've talked a lot about how this is a way of life and that anyone can do it. But are there qualifications for mentoring? And how, how does someone know if they're ready to mentor someone else? Or how did you know when you were ready to mentor? <laughs> Lexi, do you want to go? Oh, Are you sure. Pointing? I'm pointing to Hillary. Pointing back at me? Okay. I think that's a tough question. It's like, how do you know you're holy enough? Because, <laughs> well, no, yeah, because when we started this ministry, Hillary, you're like, I will do administration and that is it. I will help organize and I like spreadsheets and I like lists and mm-hmm. I'm good at that. And I love seeing people discipled. And so I thought, hmm, okay, well, we'll see about that, won't we? And so now you're mentoring. And so I think I'd like to hear what you have to say. Yeah. I think it probably just goes back to what I said earlier about obedience. Like, I do feel, I do feel unqualified (laughs) to mentor, um, just like I feel unqualified to be a small group leader and unqualified mm-hmm. to be a mother and all kinds of roles in my life. Um, it's a matter of like trusting the Lord. Um, and I think as I've grown in my own teachability, I just want to help other women come to love Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. if, and if she can come and hang out at my house and we can talk about the Bible and pray together. And that happens. I can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really Amen. know. I don't know when I felt ready or not. I don't I think I, I don't know. I guess I just dove in. I think that's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there probably are concrete things like concrete things you could see. Like, I don't know if you have an opinion, Alexi, but just like concrete things, like you should probably have these things in your life. Like, I guess like a prayer life, a devotional life, um, mm-hmm. wanting, yeah, yeah. I guess teachable. Yeah. I mean, you have to have, there has to be some kind of personal connection to the Lord Jesus that is vibrant and active so that you can intercede on her behalf um, while also caring for yourself spiritually, right? Because it's it's easy to want to pour yourself out for a woman who's hungry for the Lord and kind of forget all about allowing the Lord to to fill you up and mm-hmm. to nurture you and all that. So that's that's like number one, I think for me. And then um knowing that you have the margin to do it. Mm. Um knowing that you, you know, deciding what are you willing to give? I think we we sometimes get buyer's remorse if we say yes to something because it sounds exciting, but we don't think about the cost um, mm-hmm. until we're in it and we're thinking, oh no, I, I 
oh great, it's my time to meet with that mentor, that mentee again. Like, oh, you know, <laughs> that's that's a drag. Don't do that. So aside mm-hmm. ahead of time, you know, if you want to meet every other week for like two hours, and that's just the time that you have, um, or every week for like an hour, hour and a half, and that, and it's same day, or maybe it changes with your schedule, but that's and you make that really clear up front then you're not going to have that. It's it's something carved out and it's it's your offering to the Lord. I feel like time is probably my most, the, 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 the thing that I struggle with giving the Lord the most because I have the least free time um, of all yeah. the things I have. It seems like I, time is, is, is just, it's a hot commodity, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So I think that those, those are important um, just logistically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the support of the people around you. I mean, I think asking a friend who knows you and will tell you the truth, do you think I, you know, would be a suitable mentor for somebody? Do you think that it's something I could do? And getting someone to to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And if it means they tell you that they think you're wonderful, then that's great. And don't feel guilty about them telling you they think you're wonderful. You're not fishing for compliments. You're looking for affirmation. And that's that's a good thing. Mm. So, you know, or they say, you know, what, maybe you would want a mentor, want to get a mentor before you are a mentor. And right. that's okay, too. That's very natural. Um, so what do y'all, what, what do you think, Nicole? Yeah, one thing that came to mind is that I think there are, Jill, you spoke to this a little bit earlier, but um, there are times when God gives us gifts or callings mm-hmm. or burdens that he wants us to participate in for his kingdom and his glory. And, mm-hmm. and I think that it, do like the dance between, am I, am I pursuing this thing because I feel like God ha- has called me into it? Or am I doing this thing because I want, just cause I want it for whatever reason, mm-hmm. I think you have to, you have to ask yourself those questions. I think you have to, to um, try to do some, self-reflection on that and seek Mm -hmm. out what your motivation is in your heart. But I, I think that there are good burdens and callings that God does put on our heart for, um, again, like for his glory and his kingdom and for our joy. And so that might mean, okay, I have this desire to mentor. So what do I need first? Like, is it just that, I'm a perfectly capable person of doing this and I just never thought about it before. And so now I just need to like move into it? Does it mean, oh, I, I probably could use some help and could use some training and maybe I need to meet with somebody and ask them for some help knowing how to do it first. Or maybe maybe that's a great, like a, a desire I have for the future, but I know I need to sort through something in my own life first before I'm really in a place to do that. There might be, but I think that there's always a next step towards this thing because I do think this is something that God mm-hmm. asks each of us to do. Like I think of the woman at the well, when Jesus tells her of all these things in her life that he knows and she's, and he still extends grace to her and she goes running back to her town to tell people about the person who told her everything she ever had done. Like she immediately wants to go run and tell people about Jesus. And she has only just in the last moment experienced this change in her heart. And I, I think there's something to that, that, when we've been changed by Christ and by God's transformational power, part of what our calling is, is to share that with the people around us. 
it, we just might need a next step in some way, but I think there's always a next step towards mentoring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think the right mentor mentee relationship, um, it, yeah, it shouldn't feel like a really huge, um, time suck or like a drain mm. on you. Like, I think I, like the um, woman that I'm mentoring right now, like when she walks out my door, I feel very like rejuvenated because it's exciting to see how Jesus is working in her life. Mm -hmm. And I I mean, I'm also an extrovert. And so talking is like, (laughs) it's COVID. Especially now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But like, it's rejuvenating. It's like, well, that's amazing. Like that was so encouraging to just talk about the Lord together. Yeah. and so I think maybe if you find yourself like dreading your time together every week or a couple, I don't know, maybe that's, you should dig into that. Maybe something else is going on there perhaps. Mm-hmm. That does lead me to another question um, that if, if, and Lex, you had mentioned like failed air quotes, mentoring relationship. Um, what do you do if you feel like it's not working with your ment the person you're mentoring or the person you're being mentored by? How can you go about, like, what do you do in that situation? I would, I would preface that with, you got to give it a couple months. Um, you know, you may, you may find that you don't naturally jive mm-hmm. with the person as much as you right. thought you would, or it's harder to get to know the person or, you know, fill in the blank. And so it's been, it's been tough, but I wouldn't discount the, what you've learned so far. And so be patient, I think is the first thing. Um, And really be prayerful and be honest um, with yourself and with the woman you're meeting with. And and then if, if, you know, if a few couple months have gone by, I'd say two, um, maybe you've met four or five times. um, And, um, you know, it just seems like, you know, it's just not really any different then I think you have to have, um, you know, that conversation with her and, and, you know, if you are really, you're really certain that this isn't a good fit, then I think it's okay just to say, you know, I I think that this, you know, what this kind of dynamic where we're meeting and we're talking that there's something that there's something not present that, um, that kind of is necessary to have a spiritual mentoring relationship. Um, and you can have a discussion about what she thinks that might be and what you might think that is. But um, I think it's just really important to have full disclosure because it is such a sensitive, tender relationship that you open yourself up to. And um, if you haven't found somebody that it, if the person doesn't seem to be a good fit with you or you with her, I just think it's really important to affirm her um, and her calling in the Lord and her just her womanhood and her purpose and also say, you know, this doesn't seem to be um, a good fit right now and leave it at that. And if she asks for more, I think it's okay. If you think that it's appropriate and kind and loving um, in all the hard ways to say so. Um, I remember hearing recently, um, well, not that recently. um, There just, there was a connection between two women and then it was very difficult for them to find time to meet. And then when they did meet, um, it was not a productive time and they ended up ending the, the, the mentoring relationship. And I I think fairly amiably, 
but I think early on there was just a time factor and a distance factor. So that just might be it that, you know, you live, Mm -hmm. if you live 25 minutes away from the woman that you're meeting with and you have a tight work schedule or class schedule um, and not a lot of margin, it's probably not going to work unless you really go out of your way to make it work. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I think being candid Mm -hmm. and honest and open, you're both sisters in the Lord Invite Jesus into the room so that you, he's there with you and you both acknowledge his presence and, and that will immediately bring you into a state of humility mm-hmm. so that um, whatever needs to be said can be said with love and truth and grace. Yeah, um, when, um, when COVID hit, there were two girls that I was mentoring and I just, like my time that I had available shifted dramatically Mm -hmm. and I had a lot less time um, than I had before. And I realized like, I can't, I can't at the moment continue to mentor both of these women. And I didn't, I didn't realize what was going on, like that, that this was happening until like six weeks in. And so I just had to call each of them and apologize and say, this is, I wish that I would have recognized right away that I was going to need some time and I didn't, and I'm sorry. And then I just had to say that to them in that moment, but they were both so great and really understanding, but like there was just a big shift that happened and something that changed. And, um, and I had to own up to it and like express (laughs) that I was sorry for how I didn't do a good job at it, but, um, it was, Mm better than just letting it like fizzle and never saying anything about it. Yeah. yeah. That's really- don't, don't go that route. No, <laughs> yeah. the no Midwestern passive, no. passive no. route. Let's not do yeah. that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's easy to spin a narrative that mm-hmm. is one-sided when we don't look directly and speak directly to the person whose story we're waking up for them. You know, it's, it's just right. so important to, not assume the reasons for why X, Y, Z has happened, but rather just ask. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for some women, I think, because we don't like confrontation, but it's worthwhile. Right. We'll both grow from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Okay. okay. Let's, um, Let's wrap up with just some practical next steps for people if they want to start mentoring someone. Who do they look for? Um, what's the first thing they can do? What could they start with in the relationship? Etc. One thing that I think is helpful is to just think who has God already put into your life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Are there women? What? And I mean, you could you could do this either way. If you're looking for someone to mentor you, or if you're thinking I'd like to mentor someone, just ask yourself that question first. Is there already somebody in my life that maybe God has given me intentionally to steward, and then start there? So that's one thought I have. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Someone in your life who maybe is a newer believer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or in your small group. In there's, your some, small there's someone in your small group that you jive with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could be someone to ask. Um, I've also, I ha- we talked before about, um, like, we kind of ripped a little bit on curriculums. <laughs> but I do think that starting with a book can be a good way or something like that can be a good way to start a relationship with someone you don't know. Like if it's someone you don't know very well that you're start that has reached out to Mm you, it can be a sort of a like objective outside thing to like both talk about. Um, 
and you get to hear her heart a little bit and just ask her questions about the book and she'll start sharing her life <laughs> because it'll her perspective will come out. So that's helped me in getting um, going with some relationships. And then often we don't stay in a bo- going through a book. We will go through a book and then just meet mm-hmm. and talk about life. But it can be a good starting point, especially if you're intimidated about meeting with someone and spending time with someone you don't know already. And as a mentor, you can, just really fast, as a mentor, you can um, offer some suggestions for those springboard books Mm -hmm. for conversation. Um, But I think it's important for her to choose it. Yeah. um, So that she, she'll read it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so that, Mm -hmm. you know, there'll be some buy-in from her. So as a mentor, it's easy to want to kind of drive the boat because you're so excited, but you've got yeah. to let her decide how to start and where, like what kind of thing she wants to start with. Um, so mm-hmm. being really intentional as a mentor, asking and, and clarifying right. and triple quadruple clarifying and, and all that mm-hmm. before you start out. Yeah, well, that's, that's good. Sense. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I think like choosing a book together. Um, I don't remember who said this. Somebody throughout the past years has said like, you know, if you give that person a book or suggest a book or they want to read a book, just say, yeah, like, let's meet again once you finish the book. Mm-hmm. And if they come back ever, that's a good sign. Yeah, <laughs> that's so good. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Like, do you have time for this? Do you want to do this? Is this worth yeah. my time? Because if they never finish the book and they never come back, they're probably yeah. not really ready for it. So that's really good. I don't remember who said that. Somebody. Yeah. It sounds familiar to me too, but again. maybe a navigator. Maybe yeah. Jeff. So the mentoring ministry at High Point, we have lots of resources. So if you're if you um, find yourself in a relationship with someone who you know a, another woman in, in a mentoring capacity, you know we've got book lists and suggestions, and you can just email any of us um, and tell us kind of what general topics you're you were mm-hmm. thinking about, and we can suggest some that have worked in the past and some that we like and, and just mm-hmm. send you a list. So that's an option. Mm-hmm. Um, another option is to um, fill out a mentoring request form and online um, on, is it on the hub? No, it's right on our website, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's on highpointchurch.org. Slash women. And then there's a mentoring form just to say, Hey, I want to be a part of your network. But you don't have to be a part of our network in order to benefit from the things we do to support mentors. Mm-hmm. Right. We have equippings, we have prayer gatherings, we have resources. So um, you don't have to be a part of the network in order to be part of the um, the support and the equippings that we offer. Mm-hmm. And so if you fill out a form, we can put you in the, the system of, of kind of the matchmaking, but if not, mm-hmm. you can go for it. Don't wait for us to tell you you can mentor. You mm-hmm. God has called us already to to teach and to pour into the next generation, and so you're you're fit and ready right where you are. Especially if you're listening to this podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Anything else from Hillary or Nicole? Do you have anything to say? Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm. All right. Thank you, ladies. It is so enjoyable to talk with you. And thank you, you for all the, all the work that you do in people's lives that is unseen because it's just you and that other person in the Lord. So um, I know that you guys are faithful in that work. So thank you for that. And we'll see you guys next time. I'm good. Bye.
listening to this episode of the Engage and Equip podcast. If you have a podcast idea or a question you'd like answered on the podcast, send us an email at podcast at highpointchurch.org. You can find more episodes online at highpointchurch.org slash podcast. You can also find us on most podcast apps like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Overcast. If you are listening on a podcast app, hit subscribe to get notified of future episodes. We hope this episode was helpful to you as you grow in becoming a more substantive disciple and a part of the local church. If this episode was helpful to you, rate or review us on Apple Podcasts or share this episode with a friend. Those are some of the best ways we have to reach new listeners. Until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of Engage and Equip.